Hey, this is Brett from the Effing Good Music blog on Instagram, and I'm your new host for the Music That Matters podcast, which is brought to you by the Society of Sound Music Media. I hope you enjoy. Well, you use the you use the word race a lot. I've seen a bit. You know, you're feeling like you're, I guess, racing to the finish line of some sort. So, you know, like who and what are you racing? And you know, like where is this finish line? What happens once you get there? So one of the things that I found very interesting was the story of Run Katie Run. I read a bit about it, and uh, you said that it doesn't specifically come from Forrest Gump, which was my first impression as well. Was you know Run Forrest Run, Run Katie Run. Um, yes. But I think that based on what I've read, there is some sort of like comparable meaning with it, just based on how you've talked about your musical journey. So is there a significance behind the name? Where does it come from? You know, for you. Well, you know, it's funny. I wrote a song called Run, Katie, Run on my solo album that I released in 2018. And, you know, one of the guys in the group said, why don't we, you know, we're, it can get pretty, pretty uh, hilarious and complicated fast when you're trying to decide on a name for a band, mm -hmm. um, you know, but they were like, why don't we just call it Run, Katie, Run? That's perfect. It's kind of in line and it's, it's an extension of what you've done and da, 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 da. And I was like, that's perfect. Um, but the song itself is kind of, uh, you know, that accidentally named the group it was kind of, uh, I was in, I'm noticing a lot of things about myself when I wrote that song and everything on that album. And uh, I tend to run away, not just from geographically <laughs> from places and situations, but I tend to run away from confrontation from myself typically if things get too hard i like to just bail cut and run kind of thing i've i've since tried not to do that so much uh but yeah that's kind of the significance i guess behind the name of it uh you get to the end of the song and it's like run for your life it doesn't matter if you can't if you never catch up i'm never running just for run just for fun but i run 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 um so yeah it's kind of like i'm always running away from something never uh yeah, so never staying put for too long, whether it's inside of an idea or a relationship or whatever. Um, yeah, I tend to just run away from things. <laughs> so I guess that's the, I try not to do that anymore, like I said, but that's, I guess, mm -hmm. the significance behind the song and the okay. name of the band. Well, you use the you use the word race a lot. I've seen a bit, you know, you're feeling like you're, I guess, racing to the finish line of some sort. So, you know, like who and what are you racing? And, you know, like where is this finish line? What happens once you get there? Oh my gosh, Brett, that's such a great, <laughs> good question. I love it. Um, it's, a it's interesting for you to notice that I say that. I don't even notice that I say that a lot, but you're right, I do. As soon as you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's right. Um, yeah, I guess when you're in the, I've been a full-time musician for 10 years now, and I think you're always just waiting for it to feel like it's paying off. Does that make sense? Like Definitely. you're, yeah, you're like, you're always waiting to feel like, ah, that was the gig that got, now it's going to take me here. Or that was the person that's going to help me get to this. Da, 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 da. Like you're always waiting, I guess, for that um, silver bullet. And I guess what I've learned is like, that just isn't going to happen. Like in actually in the last few years, since I wrote that song, Run Katie Run and that album and getting together with these guys and making the music that we've been making, I've kind of realized like, no, if you're not happy just in the moment doing what you're doing, then stop 
the race, do something else because it's never going to happen. You're never going to feel that moment where like, I've done it. I've finished the race. I've gotten across the finish line. It's just not going to come. You just have to feel good about what you're doing all the time and who you are inside of it. And yeah, so I guess that's the race that I've been running is comparing myself to other people, like trying to live up to other people's expectations of me. It's like, it feels like running a race when you do that, you know? Right. And I feel like a lot of musicians can kind of get caught in that habit of almost chasing their tail. And then, you know, by the time that they realize, you know, like, I'm not really chasing anything, it's kind of always just been here. You know, mm. it's a little bit too late. And uh, totally they kind of spent their whole, uh, I shouldn't say youth, but uh, their, their, their whole, you know, like 20s and 30s as an artist, you know, kind of trying to chase this thing that they had imagined for themselves when, you know, really nobody gets it right ever. No. And I think you just said it so perfectly and poetically. It's like, that's exactly right. And I think that's what I felt like I had done. Like I had my duo with my husband, Kate and Corey. I mean, and we still play the two of us and we just played at Dollywood last week, which was awesome. Um, and, you know, but I just felt like I kept trying so hard to figure out the right combination of things that was going to get me ahead that I ended up blowing up relationships and I di wasn't happy anymore. I didn't even remember if I liked music anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're just, yeah. you get so caught up in it. And actually 15 minutes, which is on our album, uh, our EP rather, that we just released, it kind of that theme ties in very much with that song of like, you know what, I realize I don't care about chasing 15 minutes of fame. I just want to be happy. And if that's with music, awesome. If it's not, honestly, maybe it's time to give it up. Turns out it is with music <laughs> for me. But yeah, you do. You get lost trying to chase down the success, I think, trying to figure out the right recipe of what's going to work for you. And the truth is you're always reforming. You're always changing and evolving, not just as an artist, but same thing with like, think about how much like podcast didn't exist not that long ago. And yeah. social media didn't exist that long ago. I mean, things are always shifting and changing. So if you don't stick with what makes you feel good as an artist, none of that other stuff matters. So you got to almost like ignore it and do it after the fact. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's pretty well said. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned your new EP, Running on Love. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, it's excellent. I listened to it. Oh, thank you. And uh, I noticed that, you know, there's a really solid blend of genres. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you have some flashes of country and then pop and then even like a little funk and rock and roll. You know, in the song like No Way Out, I was getting some Rush vibes even a little bit. I and love your, that. That makes me happy. And, <laughs> and your lead guitarist, is a, he's a real shredder, I have to say. That's my um, husband. I love him. Yeah, he, he really shreds it up. So, you know, how would you kind of define this EP musically for people who haven't heard it? Um, I think I would advise them to go in with an open mind because <laughs> it mm -hmm. is so eclectic and, and it crosses a lot of different genres. But, you know, I just just wanted to make whatever we were going to make. I didn't want to put a label on it. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like we, we've all done that again. It's honest, honestly right in traces right to what we were just talking about. You try so hard to put yourself in a box. So you fit as it, as when it comes to marketing yourself and branding yourself and blah, 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 like all this stuff that is helpful and necessary nowadays. But at the same time, it's like, let's just make some shit that sounds good. Like, let's not worry about, if it's country, if it's this, or if it's that. And it's just, let's just have fun. And the five of us never made anything together before. So I think um, 
you that's why you get Corey's more blues and and Adam is more like stolen time he wrote that song and we he let us do it as a band and it's more like you two ish almost you know with some soaring vocals like like rush or anything like that um rock and roll anyways it's just we, we explored it's a it's an album where we were like let's just see what we wanted what this song calls for let's see what we feel sounds good and i was really proud of how it turned out so yeah i would just tell them like if you like american music which is blues country and every rock and roll everything in between you're gonna love this it's a little bit of something for everyone you know mm -hmm. definitely and you've talked about how your bandmates you know don't really pigeonhole you and to you know be this box that you were just mentioning mm -hmm. and uh it to to me it sounds like they kind of stimulate your creativity a bit and you know allow you to do what you want so you know in what ways do they really influence your creativity and you know how are their influences different than yours um, I think like specifically, so my husband is the guitarist, uh, and as you can hear, especially on stay or leave, which is like the more blues and funk sounding song on the album, I literally never would have written that song if it weren't for this band. Like I wrote it probably two weeks after they all agreed to be in one group together. So I was like, oh, I want to show off what Corey can do. And then just by happenstance, we all ended up taking, not me, obviously I'm singing, but they all ended up taking solos on that song, which was way out of their comfort zone, but they were so willing to do it and they did it so great. I was so proud of them. Anyway, um, so like that definitely influenced me. Just knowing that like this group was going to exist, I literally wrote a song catering to like, let's see how far we can go. And then the other three guys, uh, my drummer, banjo and slash acoustic player and bass player they are in a band called high beams and they are definitely more like chill music more folk pop indie kind of sounding thing so it's funny because they have more of like pop sensibilities than i do you know what i mean like kind of hoping ended up being a lot more pop than like mm -hmm. country which i originally thought it was going to sound like so it's just fun letting them come in and say I think we should try it like this or well, let's do this and I'm like okay and it ends up being awesome because we all have a voice in the band right I, and I that's something that I've really picked up you know musically it, it can be you know really mm -hmm. wherever you want to put it and then it kind of all centers around these lyrics that you write um and so you know like how are like where are your inspirations for your lyrics coming from with all of this different musicality going on you know, I love to listen to all different kinds of music. That's like where the music side of things comes from. I mean, I this past year I listened to the Chicks new album, a bunch of Dolly Parton cuz I just she's like always like a center for me. I love I just love country music. Mm -hmm. Um but then I listened to Fiona Apple's latest album which was really out there and I listened to Jack White. So I think it all kind of seeps in. Like when it, when it comes to writing melodies and of a b sections and abc sections for songs it just like i'm like oh it just kind of is like i'm like a sponge but as far as the lyrics go i mean i personally am i come from country music it's like if i haven't experienced it i'm not really writing it you know what i mean so it's everything comes right. from this thing just happened and i have a whole section on my phone and my notes that it's all lyrics and uh, it's just this running starts of lyrics. And most of the time, the song that ends up happening is the one that like really grabs me. I'm in the shower, or I'm in the car, and it just like hits me like a ton of bricks and I sit down and I write it, it you know. 
um, those are the songs that end up happening. The rest of them, it's like I should be a more disciplined songwriter and sit down and look at my other mm-hmm. ideas and write songs around them. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all experience. It's all things that I've been feeling or something that I went through. Um, or sometimes it'll just be me daydreaming and I write a song and like, what if this could happen? And what if this happened? And, you know, sit down and write the song. Everybody daydreams. Somebody will relate to it, you know? Yeah. It seems like you've got a pretty sharp memory. I mean, like you were just saying, you know, you'll be in the car and it'll come to you and then you'll go home and write it. I, whenever Mm -hmm. I've tried to songwrite, I Mm -hmm. forget it like a dream, you know, like if I, if I get the inspiration and I can't, tap it on my phone or you know I have a notepad right next to me I am it's gone I I will forget it or it'll be you know like a much more watered down lesser version of what I had thought of in that moment and then you're so disappointed you're like it was so good (laughs) like it feels like sand in your fingers you know (laughs) that's a good analogy that's exactly right you're like no no where'd it go (laughs) can't catch it yes um yeah I mean sometimes I'm definitely in the car I've I have, like I said at the beginning of this, I am terrible with technology. So sometimes I'll just like be like, start a video or something on my phone and I'll just sing the idea I have. So at least there's something that I can grab when I get home. And if I'm in the shower, I just sing it over and over and over again until I'm like, I run out and get my guitar and I write it. Um, but yeah, so it's, my memory is not as good as you're giving me credit for. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good that you're clear on that one then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just as terrible with that stuff as everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you mentioned Dolly Parton, who I also, mm-hmm. you know, admire and the chicks and and you've also talked about Janis Joplin and Patsy Cline mm-hmm. and all these other influences mm-hmm. and um you know would you agree that when it comes to music you're a bit of an old soul would you say oh, or do you yes. find you know yeah you, you don't so okay yeah explain no I mean I think when the thing that really got me into music was uh my I don't know if it was my parents or my grandparents they had a cassette tape of Patsy Cline it was like her greatest hits mm-hmm. and oh my god I mean I was like somewhere between like 10 and 12 years old and I just could not get enough of of this tape I just listened to it over and over and I think the reason being uh is if you listen to Patsy Cline it literally sounds like she just is like reading her diary and she's so Mm -hmm. emotional and so like you don't get that very much anymore like I, I think that's what I'm always striving for is like I want people to listen to this and be like this girl has is feeling it like she is feeling it so hard um and I think that's why I'm like I'm an old soul I can't get down I I can't just like crap out a song and feel good about it it's like I have to feel it and if I don't I I don't even think it's worth recording or or, you know what I mean so and I think that's kind of like old school in a way and I and that's the stuff I listen to I love listening to new music because every there's so much good stuff out there that you can't ignore it. So I don't like, mm-hmm. you know, boo-hoo new music by any means, but I I just always end up going back to the old stuff that I like too. Yeah, well, you know, like, especially with like Patsy Cline and all those other artists, um, I think that's something that is kind of a commonality is like how raw they are also, mm-hmm. you know, musically, but also in the production value of it. You know, when Patsy Cline was making music, you didn't have, you know, I don't even know if a track was invented then, but I mean- No, there's no yeah, way, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, all of the, so do you think that this lack of high production value kind of contributed to the raw feeling of country? Do you think that today it's been kind of stripped away a bit? I do. Um, but I think it's just not as much, how do I say this? 
I don't think that that's a priority to people anymore, to consumers. Like, I think as artists, uh, I try not to do this, but I definitely feel the pressure. Like, with nowadays, everything is so instant, you know? Like, a new show on Netflix is released every every day or you know several or you know what i mean and music is the same way where i think artists feel this um pressure to just constantly be releasing it's not even like they care about what the song i don't mean to put this veil over everyone but it just seems like people are so concerned with having content that they're Mm -hmm. not concerned about if it's feeling right if it's if it's art anymore you know what i mean uh so I and I think that the rate at which things get made, which is hand in hand with production, like you can have a full drum kit without having a drummer, you know, on mm-hmm. on yeah. your keys, and you know what I mean. It's like you can make something so quick that like that that necessity of like thinking about it as an emotional uh, catharsis kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and I could be dead wrong. Maybe that's just maybe that's just what I am afraid of. <laughs> For all well, I yeah. know, that's my big fear. Do you ever think that maybe it could come full circle? Because I mean, something, the advantage that all these things have given artists mm-hmm. is the autonomy and the ability to really create and release music on their own you yeah. know, volition. Um, do you think that maybe eventually things will kind of catch up and it'll all come together and that authenticity will kind of come back because we, we've gotten so used to kind of the, the electronic and technical uh, capabilities? I think... There's some, uh, no, (laughs) I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I think, I think that some people are using it very authentically. Like Billie Eilish is incredible Mm -hmm. and she and her brother are excellent artists. They think very outside the box and they don't busy it up and they're not just using it because it's easier. They're like, no, this is a decision we made. We, we, we want to make art with this thing. Um, Personally, though, I don't, I think there's room for it. I think there's a way, like I even, we're working on a new song right now that is a bunch of my voices, not the guys. I mean, I think they'll be in there too, but like, we're definitely going to utilize it. It's, it's a tool that you should use as an artist. You shouldn't just say, eh, it's electronic and I don't care. It's like, no, 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 there's a way. And you should try to, like, our job is to explore it. Like, why wouldn't you? You'd be ignorant if you didn't. I'm just saying, like, I think, it's been a cop out for a lot of people to actually get good at music. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of what I feel personally. I think, like you I should become an expert first. Yeah. It allows people to kind of not be super talented and skilled. You know, anybody, you know, with a computer and a, you know, an audio interface can kind of create something, whether yeah. it be good or bad, you know, it's kind of up to whoever is judging, you know? Exactly. And that's, not, and honestly, that's where it's like, well, I should just shut my mouth because it's not my place to decide what people like. That's, that's people's decision. Like find the music you love and buy it and listen to it or whatever. What do I know? I'm just another fool making music. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. Well, changing directions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your younger life, you know, your influences from your adolescent years. Cause I find that those tend to have uh, a lot of resonance in mm-hmm. everybody. Oh yeah. I think it's always, I, I always say it's like the thing you come home to, you can go mm-hmm. explore, but there's always something you come home to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I was actually a dancer. I wasn't a musician when I was a kid. I mean, I look back now and I see that I always sang and I always loved uh, 
you know, my mom actually even sent me this notebook that I wrote. It had early songs. I was probably 10 years old and it had lyrics mm -hmm. and stuff. So I was doing it without make. it wasn't my thing though. I was very focused on being a dancer and I even went to college for dance and I have a degree in dance. Um, so it's funny looking back, it's like, I listened to country. I listened to the chicks, then the Dixie chicks constantly. Mm -hmm. I know, I mean, I joke that if Natalie ever has any severe problems, I could just jump in on tour and I would know every song <laughs> easily. Um, so I think that really opened me up to, they're like, they're like, a, they became a very mainstream country band, but they're really bluegrass. And in bluegrass, it's tight harmonies. It's very uh, specific arrangements. And I think that's what I always that that is always what I'm looking for when it comes to like recording and being in the studio. I I love freedom. Like I also later in my life loved Grateful Dead and that's the most free mm -hmm. version of music that there is. There's no constraints. Their solos last as long as it feels right. So I've definitely explored that side, but I feel like I always come back to, okay, we're going to do two choruses for the solo. And then, you know, I'm very tightly arranged, which is from my upbringing, my dad listened to the Eagles and Jackson Brown, which again, it's like very specific arrangements and beautiful harmonies. And so that's always like musically what I relate to. It's what I always am trying to achieve um, mm -hmm. in everything I make. Well, I didn't ask you, but uh, where are you right now? Are you, you're a little out West, I know. I'm Compared a, to I'm me, a... I'm on the East Coast. Oh, where where are you? I'm in, I'm about 10 minutes outside of New York City in New Jersey. Gotcha. Well, I actually am in Atlanta. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm in Marietta, Georgia, which is like, here's Atlanta, and it's like 20 minutes northwest of mm. Atlanta. So, yeah, this is my, uh, I guess I, I should call it Corey's studio or uh, it's distribution center. He like buys and sells pedals and like wow. other music equipment and like mm -hmm. just because he wants to try it and then he get, makes a little profit. So there's like I'm looking at a futon full of shipping boxes right now mm -hmm. with different pedals. But this is where we record all of our music here. Um, this is you can't see it, but this is like our we have two screens and all of our focus rights and all that stuff. And then our living room. Uh, isn't a living room it's a live room it's got a drum kit all of our guitars all that stuff so okay. yeah we make all our music here in Atlanta all right that's very cool and uh so yeah. you just mentioned uh how you had a, a passion for dancing growing up mm -hmm. uh do you still incorporate that how has that passion followed you into your life now I, I love that uh I, I actually I when I released past I did a dance concert as the album release I didn't dance I I performed music on stage but we had five dancers and one of the dancers was the choreographer and so it was a, a hour and a change show I would say maybe an hour 15 minute show that was dance and video and we did a couple acapella covers so I would just was like when I made something completely by myself and not with Corey I was like I want to bring back dance <laughs> with what mm -hmm. I'm doing. So I had a dance concert and I um, actually have been exploring. I have a tap floor in my uh, dining room. So I've been exploring like tap dancing uh, as part of the percussion underneath some songs. So I think that's going to happen with the next run Katie run stuff. <laughs> I don't know if the guys know that yet, but that's coming. Um, and in That'll a perfect world, I'd be able yeah. to. Yeah, I'd in a perfect world, I would be in good enough shape where I'd be able to do it 
in live performance where I'm like tapping on stage while we're mm-hmm. playing. So that's how I'm trying to like tie it all together. So, cause I just love it. I just think there's so much more intertwined than people realize. So I kind of mm-hmm. want to like show that a little bit. Is tap dancing your, uh, I guess your main form of dance? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was the best at when I was a kid. And it's what I still feel very natural doing now. I'm not what I used to be. I have been out of the studio for the dance studio for 10 years now, but I still take a class here and there and I still, I have a dance floor and stuff. So, but tapping for sure was like my, my first passion and love. So how does tap dancing work exactly? I know that I'm very, uh, curious about tap dancing but i have to say i haven't i don't think i've ever seen a tap dancer in person oh really Um, so yeah does it work on like a like on a rhythm or is it kind of just like this like free-flowing uh almost like a like just like someone bat like like pounding on a snare drum you know you know it's i think it's fair to say dance just like music is there's versions of everything you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um my, my experience has been more um there's different, just like there's different picking patterns and different shapes that you can play on a guitar. There's different like sequences that you can do with tap dancing. There's like paradiddles, there's time steps, there's, there's certain like fundamentals of tap dancing that you can always go back. If you are improvising, there's always things like that, that you can kind of go back to and like fill and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I, I'm typically always trying to syncopate with tapping what's happening rhythmically. Like, so if a drummer is like, boom, cha, boom, cha, boom, cha, then I would do like, da, 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 ba, da, boom, ba. you know, I would try to be like right, in between yeah. it. Um, that's my particular style where I'm trying to play in between what the rhythm's doing. A rock to... and roll tap dancer. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and do you still, have you tap danced much when you've, when you've performed? I mean, minus. I've never done it. Never. Never. No, it's what I'm, because I'm scared and out of shape. (laughs) You know, I haven't, I want to though. That's like genuinely like, uh, we, we have a couple other songs that we're going to be, that we're working on that we're going to be releasing, you know, as singles. And I don't want to give too much away like that. That's coming down in the recent coming future. Um, And then we have, I have like a whole batch of new songs that for another album that we're probably going to be making in 2022 or sooner um and i want for that album my goal is to do a bunch of tapping on the recordings and when we're rehearsing live i want to get i literally started like a new diet today (laughs) (laughs) and started exercising a little bit more regimen so i can do it live because that that would be i just think it would be fun and unique and different so you ever worried about how people might perceive tap dancing i mean depending on the car- part of the country you know like tap dancing could be a little bit of an eye- eyebrow raiser you know oh no i don't care it's 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 okay i mean i i think with anything you have to know that you can't make everyone happy but tapping is part of me like the the question you started this out with was you know talk, talk about your childhood it's like i've been dancing since i was two so if people right. don't like it that's okay you don't have to like it i'm gonna do something different the next album and i'm gonna you know maybe you'll never like me and that's okay i'm gonna just like myself and the things i'm doing i'm gonna tap away you should make i'm gonna tap away that. yeah there's that's a merchandise item waiting to happen yeah <laughs> have you utilized so, uh, social media at all with uh i mean not necessarily just with tap dancing but mm-hmm. i mean 
I was just thinking it could be an interesting uh, marketing strategy to show some videos, but have you yeah. utilized social media? Brett, you're hired. <laughs> you're hired. Uh, I have shared a couple videos of me tap dancing, um, uh, but I, I do, I actually did have this idea of maybe starting to do like a tap Tuesday or tap Thursday where mm. I just share a little bit of me working on tap dancing in my dining room. <laughs> um, just to get people acquainted with it. Cause it is a part of me. I mean, I don't do get just like, I don't prioritize it as much as I should, which is probably another reason why I'm trying to incorporate it in my music. Cause I'm like, Oh, then I'll have to tap dance if I make it a part of what I'm doing. Um, you know, so yeah, I haven't really pushed on it too much with social media. I'm not very good at social media. Um, not that it's just, I don't, I, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I'm not good at it. It can be tough. It can definitely be tough. Yeah. It's so Everybody's much to know. Too. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, my, I've, I've gotten this interview because of Krista, my publicist it, with you even, and she's gotten me all these great articles and reviews and stuff. And like, as soon as the album was released, she asked me, um, do you want, all, you know, the good reviews or do and bad reviews or just the good ones and I was like send them all and then as soon as I did that I'm like I don't want to read any of them so I just keep sending them to my drummer I'm like you decide if you want to post it on social media I don't want to look at it I don't want to know so yeah. that's I'm taking that road of like I'm just not going to read what people say I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing have you been getting a lot of reviews this last you know year of, yeah, she's know. gotten us a lot of reviews of the EP and stuff, and she got did a wonderful job getting us premieres for the singles, and it's been really great. It makes my website look good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really liked your about page on the website. I think that it had a, yeah, it really presented you nicely, and I felt like I kind of understood you a bit. That's wonderful. Yeah, she, she advised me to hire a bio writer, so I did. It was the first wow. bio that I didn't write about myself, and I remember getting it back and being like, he did a great job. It reads like a story, you know, which mm -hmm. is perfect. Um, uh, his name's Bob. He lives in Nashville. I can't remember his last name. Hi, Bob. Bob. Yeah, Bob, bio writer. Um, yeah, but it was funny when I got it back, I was like, oh, you guys, it's all about me. And, 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 and they're like, the, your name is in the band. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I guess that's okay. But yeah, so I, it was smart to hire Krista and she knows everything that I don't know. So <laughs> I'll miss her when I'm, when my campaign is over. Well, how was, uh, how was the year 2020 for you with COVID? And I'm sure that you were expecting to be touring all of this new material that kind yeah. of got, you know, wet blanketed, but I saw mm -hmm. that you, I saw that you've been posted or you've been uh, performing on YouTube live and going live every the last wednesday i believe of every month yeah like, i've been yeah. doing last wednesday of every month i i've uh i've pulled back a bit because we were so busy and mm -hmm. now that there's live shows down here it's like they're not as well attended which is totally fine um but i might i i might still keep it going but yeah i 2020 has been weird i mean i i think it's a really that would be a good t-shirt too 2020 Weird. weird um yeah for everyone it's just been weird uh i look back it's you know you know how you have those moments in life or those experiences where you don't even realize how stressed out you were until like you're through it and you look back and you go holy moly how did i do that how did yeah. we get through this mentally 
that's what I feel like 2020 was. I look back and I go, oh my gosh, we just had so much momentum. Like Corey and I do corporate events. Um, that's like our main bread and butter as full-time musicians and just boom, gone all of a sudden. And we're buying, you know, we're switching internet providers. We're getting ethernet cables. We're learning how to use OBS and stream. And, you know, you just adapt and adapt and adapt. And, and then you don't even realize that you're like, oh, I'm terrified right now. My job is gone and the whole world is falling apart. Um, yeah, it was just weird. Like I didn't realize how hard it was on us um, until I look back. But I also feel very grateful because if not for that, I mean, Run Katie Run specifically, like we weren't getting together as much as we would have wanted to because High Beams was touring all the time and Corey and I were playing a lot. Like, so it was, it almost opened up after like the initial uh, quarantining time happened. And, you know, we were very safe when we did get together, but we had more time to actually get together and be a band and get good because we were all stuck at home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in a weird way, it was kind of a blessing, although it just still was weird. I think if we could go back and do it over again, we'd still like there to not be a national or international pandemic that killed tons of people. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you got to try to like find the, the gifts inside of it and say, you know what, maybe this wouldn't have happened if not for that. Maybe this wouldn't have happened if not for that. So as, although it was weird, it was also kind of great that we got to make the music that we made. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think a lot of people had this sort of feeling during the pandemic of like this like dread or well, I mean, still going on, but really during like the height of the lockdown in mm -hmm. 2020, you know, people were really feeling that dread. And then, you know, like, but then, you know, life goes on, uh, yeah. things loosen up and people are starting to realize, oh, well, certain things did actually come out of this that I didn't really notice before. And, you know, so I think people are definitely looking at the ups and downs of yeah. 2020. Like my parents are, <laughs> it's so funny. They live in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm originally from. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we did like everyone else, we did Zoom calls and we mm -hmm. were doing Zoom birthday parties for our nieces and nephews and stuff. And I, for Christmas, we got them phones that have video calling on it. And it's like that changed their life, you know, in terms of the, and it wouldn't have happened if not for this pandemic. Like now they know how to use smartphones a little better, which yeah. makes me feel better because I'm their kid and I want to make sure they're okay all the time. So, you know, little things like that, where it's like, thank the Lord that video calling was even a thing. It's like, imagine if this pandemic happened 20 years ago, I like know. it would have been so much worse. That, yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about, you know, what would have happened if, you know, people that were on that weren't driving distance from you, let's say that you could talk to each other outside or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you were, I mean, well, I guess, you know, phones have existed for quite a while. So yeah, could have done that. But I mean, really the face-to-face -face interaction definitely, you know, gave a little bit more sanity to the situation. Absolutely. And think about kids with school, like it just wouldn't have happened 20 oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah. I couldn't even, you know? that's another thing. I mean, well, actually I, I was reading something pretty interesting once that mm -hmm. during the Spanish flu, they still had, you know, radio at the time and people yeah. were uh, listening to the radio. Like teachers would broadcast their lessons over, you know, a local channel and all no the students way. would tune in and listen to the lesson and I guess take notes and, you know, do whatever. And I saw this picture of, you know, like three siblings crowded around this little radio 
And I was like, wow. For some reason that made me emotional. I'm like, that's so great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the human ability to be resilient and to bounce back from like the worst situations is incredible to me. That's like one thing I took away from this past year and change and, and going forward. I mean, it's not over yet. It's like, man, we are incredible as a species, <laughs> like yeah, never the way that we can humanity. totally. And I know that, I know that people feel like everything's falling apart at the seams, but it's like things we're going to be okay. I keep saying that like to my family and friends and, you know, even bandmates sometimes I'm like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Just keep, keep your head down. It's going to be all right. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that with the ups and downs of, 2020 you're happy to get back to the ups and downs of touring life because i'm sure there's many yes. ups and downs oh yeah of oh. getting back on the road so uh yeah tell me about your touring experiences because i know that you've had quite a bit of before 2020 yeah had quite a bit and now i'm sure you're getting back to it yeah it's a, it's a slow go right now mm-hmm. um you know we we specifically book shows for the spring that were all close to home just because mm-hmm. the guys specifically they had stuff booked uh, when I say the guys, I mean high beams, uh, Ian, Adam, and Steven. They had things booked, you know, all throughout 2020 that, like, just kept getting canceled or, yeah. you know, literally up to the week of, you know, still not safe. So we weren't mm-hmm. sure what it was going to be like come spring. So we were like, let's just play it safe. And that way we're not traveling, you know, three hours away from home and get a call that, like, that can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just decided to stay close to home. And that's been fun. Uh but it's just still, it's a new world now. I am sure yeah. you can imagine like people don't have to come to shows. I mean, they didn't have to come to shows before, but now it's like, there's a streaming option for a lot mm-hmm. of things. And, you know, it's just, and I was talking to this one theater that we played for our release party. Um, they were, there was a streaming option for it and we totally utilized it for our show. And I was asking like, how has it been going? And they're like, it's still really weird. Like, and I, and he said, we're doing the streaming option for now. And then I just said, you might be doing the streaming option like forever now. Like that's the yeah. thing that I think as musicians and as an industry, maybe we need to integrate. It's like, well, what, what does being a performing artist look like now? Cause it's well, going to be different. With the streaming option. Are you having people pay for access to stream? I did for our album release, but at the mm-hmm. same time, part of me is like, I just, I'm a terrible businesswoman, Brett. Terrible. This is, I need people around me because I would just rather people came, you know, I would rather it, whether it was a streaming thing or in person, it's like, I don't care if you pay. I just would rather you be there. (laughs) So this is why I need other people around me telling me what to do sometimes because that's genuinely what I would do. Um, But yeah, because like now I look back, I'm like, I wish I just would have opened it up that anybody could have attended because I'm, I was happy to for the support from the people that did attend and paid a, a virtual ticket price. But it's like, they don't have to, they have so many other options that they don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's hard to corral people when you're charging something for music nowadays, which that's a whole nother interview, you know? Yeah. That kind I think of it's also hard to charge people money when you're doing something that you know, that you love so much and that you'd probably be doing anyways. That's ex- so, There's a know. song by Gillian Welsh that, displays that per do you know that song i don't it's called, I don't know that song yeah it's called everything is free now and she's she's like um they figured it out that we're going to do it anyway even though it doesn't pay i was like oh my god that is so true um yeah. and she wrote that probably when you know streaming became a th- i don't even know it's probably before that it's a pretty old song now but anyways yeah, well, yes I mean, it's very true 
even since the pretty much 2000 once you know like LimeWire and all these music mp3 downloading came about you know everybody was just basically oh yeah leak it, leaking albums and you know downloading it illegally and mm-hmm. it already was becoming what it is now you know 20 years ago totally that's right it was the beginning and you know i used to resent all those things so much like i didn't join spotify <laughs> i just didn't like i just was resented it and yeah it's like come on you <laughs> And I got real. I was like, listen, yeah, it's not ideal, but why wouldn't people use it? It's like, mm-hmm. you got to think like a normal person that's not an, a musician. It's like, of course, they're going to get something for free if they can. Why wouldn't they? We're mm-hmm. humans. Like, that's our, that's our, we're wired that way. So, yeah. And so I just kind of got with it. It's like, you, I think that's part of the struggle with being a musician is like, you just feel like you're constantly trying you never know what you're doing i don't care what anybody says you never know what you're doing because you're always trying to like how do i get paid to do this thing i love mm-hmm. it and it's it changes all the time yeah so, i'm going through that right now yeah talk to me about it what do you mean well i uh so i've been running two uh social media accounts one was for one is for my uh music fanzine is what i call it because it's kind of mm-hmm. just like a bit of an amateur publication i suppose where i'm just yeah spilling my thoughts on music and mm-hmm. this was one of the upsides to the pandemic i started it when uh when the pandemic pretty much hit like the first week i just happened to kind of started at that moment and i just kept going with it and it picked up pretty quickly and i nice. was so fortunate to be able to like gain a following and that was how i actually got in touch with the society of sound sos to be able to do this podcast and wonderful yeah, so, you know, like, I also have had my ups and downs of the pandemic. Um, but so, well, getting back to the discussion of streaming, mm-hmm. um, with me, a lot of my passion for music does come from the ability to use Spotify, because I, yeah. I've i always loved music, and I've always loved to learn about music. But it wasn't until Spotify came out when I could kind of just listen to everything I wanted to listen to and yeah. the full song for free because what I used to do is you know you go I'm, I'm young enough where you know I would go on iTunes and I would play basically the trailer of the song and it would play like yep. maybe a verse and a chorus and that was it yeah you got and your so, taste of it then you had to buy it and then yeah. I had to buy it right and so I had a pretty decent library but you know like nothing like my Spotify library I mean my oh Spotify, sure you can get whatever you want so I think that um, I've learned a lot because of mm. Spotify. And so I, I have also felt how you feel, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of resentment towards it because from the artist standpoint, it, you know, it sucks a lot of the time. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because just like you perfectly said, it's like you got to listen to more music because of Spotify and that's a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. but of course, like the artist wants cost? you to, yeah, yeah, though they want you to come and buy a record, like yeah. so they get the most money for their art as possible. Um, but I, you know, you just got to get creative. I, I remember even going back to my college and telling the kids there, they my uh, a old professor of mine asked me to come and talk to the uh, dance department about being creative with coming up with an income with a creative mm-hmm. life and job and. I was like, it. you're just constantly looking for the way that you can make a few hundred bucks. And I know that it sounds, that sounds depressing, but it's not. It's like, 
your life is never boring. As long as mm -hmm. you're willing, as long as you love it enough, as long as you love what you're doing enough, it's always worth it. Like finding, like making a dance concert. Like I got to pay, I got people to pay an, a decent ticket price because I decided to do something really crazy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, so don't ever be afraid to go outside of the box. And that kind of goes with like streaming. It's like, well, think of a different way then or a totally outside of the box way to get people to pay for what you do. There's, there's a way, just think about what it's going to, what, it, how it's going to work for you. So, I mean, right. yeah, but I'm glad that you started something that you love to do during the pandemic. That's wonderful. And I'm glad Thank Spotify you. could help you do that. Yeah. Well, and I've also got a bit of a double follow-up, you know? Um, yeah. Let's hear it. Cause along the lines of making money while doing something that you love, you know, you can get, you can feel a little bit, at least me, I can feel like a little bit guilty almost, you know, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, trying to charge somebody to do something that I would have done for free, you know? Yeah. But just, you know, to try to do what you love for a living, because I guess that's the goal for everybody, right? Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, I've found that um, artists are more and more having to become kind of these uh, personalities and content creators as well as yeah. making music. It's not just, you know, your voice on the record. It's mm -hmm. now your face on Instagram and, you know, what you're promoting, what you're selling, what like, you know, or just who you are. Yes, um, right. That you're trying to, you know, sell yourself a little bit as an interesting person, you know, right. whatever. So how have you kind of gone about that? I know that you say you're a bit <sighs> resistant to social I literally media, like, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I like, as you're saying that, like it gets sour in my stomach where it's like, mm -hmm. not because, not because I'm not willing to do it. It's because I genuinely am like, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> like, like, I don't know why people would want to, to know those things about me. So it's not because I feel that way about myself. It's not my instinct to, <laughs> to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, however, I try to look at it. This is what I'm trying to, Krista, I hired Krista because of my feelings like that, where I'm like, I don't know what my brand is. I don't know what my story is. And she helped me find it, which mm -hmm. is lovely. Like that's, I highly recommend if you can hire someone, if you're struggling with that, definitely hire someone to help you because right. she really like kind of just got me focused. I'm like, this is, I've talked to you several times. You've done the, you know, she had me do like homework assignments to get me there. Um, but now I feel like I use it as like, oh, I'm just, it's an extension of songwriting. I can, I can, it's more storytelling. That's, that's try, that's what I try to see it as. It's like, I get to share a little bit more about what I'm doing by using these platforms. I don't have to see it as like, here's a random selfie for no good reason. It's like, no, I get to say like, look at me, I'm tap dancing today and maybe it's going to end up on an album. And I, this is my history with tap dancing or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, I can, it can be more of the story, maybe more of the things that people would find interesting. I don't know what people find interesting about me. I'm just, like I said, I went grocery shopping today. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not that interesting. I make music. I guess that's fun and different, but not really. There's a lot of people that do what I do. So I think, uh, I don't even remember what the question was that you asked. I get really strange feeling when it comes to like looking at myself as a product. You know what mm. I mean? I can get down to like looking at music as a product, even though I'm super attached to that. And that's even hard for me. Um, but you are, I mean, like whether you like it or not, if you're making music or if you're shoot anything creative, it's like that 
you got to find out what your marketing angle is, unfortunately, even, even before all this stuff, bands were doing that. You know what I mean? We, they mm -hmm. just didn't have to do it themselves. They had managers and stuff that were doing it for them, you know, like mm -hmm. the Stones and the yeah. Beatles and every, everything. Mm -hmm. So they were doing it from the beginning. It's just, it wasn't as obvious because social media didn't exist. So now you're on yeah. your own and you had to do it. Yeah. Well, I guess to, to close all this up, what would you tell listeners or fans for the future? What is mm -hmm. the story going forward from here? Oh, that's a good question, Brett. Um, I really think I feel very grateful to have this group of people making music with me. You spend a lot of time trying a lot of different things with a lot of different people and you just like like falling in love and finding your partner for the rest of your life i feel that way with these guys where it's like i found my my people that i can make anything with mm -hmm. and i think going forward we're just gonna keep doing that like we're just gonna keep seeing what crosses our path and i love finding having found these four people because they just want to get better you know we just want to be as interesting and as better as possible, not just as musicians, but as people. And it's just the biggest blessing in the world to have your best friends being the people that you are making something with because there's trust, there's love, there's very con constructive arguments of like, no, that's not gonna work, you know? And you need that, you need that, just like you do in a marriage, like I'm say like it's so funny that it's very true though just like you need that in your life with a partner it's like you need people that are gonna be honest with you through it all so I'm very lucky to have found these guys and I can't wait really we're just gonna play every chance we get and we're going to make music as often as possible that's literally all I can say about going forward 